This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, uh, it's snowing again. I'm just looking out the window. It's still snowing. Have you put salt around your doors and your driveway and the sidewalk near your house? Have you had damage because salt is so corrosive? People, and especially governments, are becoming more and more aware of salt-related problems. And get a load of these numbers. Toronto uses... 130,000 to 150,000 tons of salt annually. Montreal, which has a worse winter, uses 130,000. And the total amount of salt spread across the country fluctuates between 1.5 million and 4 million tons, depending on the severity of the winter weather. So uh, there are alternatives out there. Magnesium chloride, calcium chloride, and potassium chloride, all alternatives, but they are more expensive. Some jurisdictions use beet juice. Some use cheese brine. So what do you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we are going to Jay Robinson, who is the counselor for Ward 25 Don Valley West and the chair of the Public Works and Infrastructure Committee on on Toronto City Council and Carl Mitchell, an associate professor at the University of Toronto. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Okay. And Professor Mitchell. Me as well. Thanks uh, for having me. Okay. Uh, Jay Robinson, I think, uh, does the city recognize uh, how big a problem this is and where are you at on trying to solve it? Well, Libby, I'm always impressed how on top of these issues you are, because I've been getting a lot of emails recently about this exact issue, and we are having a challenging winter, uh, there's no doubt, but um, the city is very focused on this, and I've moved motions uh, actually this past year, in, in April of 2017, on really analyzing the environmental impacts looking at best practices that are being used internationally and looking at ways to reduce salt in the city, but also creating a bit of an awareness campaign for businesses um, because, unfortunately, I think they're the bigger culprit. We're, we're now regulated on how we deliver our salt, and uh, we've come a long way. In fact, we've reduced it by 15% in the last uh, 15 years. We have a long way to go, but um, I know that... Uh, the focus now seems to be businesses that seem to put it down almost like a shag carpet, and, uh, and I'm getting emails about it. Well, I mean, I would imagine that part of it is to pre- protect themselves, liability. Nobody, uh, and especially a business, wouldn't want somebody slipping and falling on their property. Absolutely, and it's a delicate balance. Uh, having said that, uh, Carl, I'm sure, could speak more uh, eloquently to the fact that it does have significant environmental impacts. And so that at the city, what we're trying to do is balance. I was also uh, the vice chair of the library board, and they 
also are culprits when it comes to using excessive salt. Um, and they, they contract out that job. When I sat on the library board, I moved motions on that as well. But um, it, it is exactly what you're saying, Libby. And, and what about the alternatives uh, that I've mentioned that are more expensive? So we use beet juice. It's very effective um, when we want to make sure that the salt uh, is still effective at uh, very low temperatures. It's really the best way to su- say. So if you think of York Mills and Young, and you'll hear on the radio today, uh, a lot of cars trying to navigate that hill that goes east off. I think you and I have talked about this before, Libby. That goes east off of Young onto York Mills. Yep. It's a very long grade. Um, and cars are having a, a, even TTC vehicles, buses, having a hard time really navigating there. That's a good example of where we would use, um, you know, when the temperatures get low, we would use beet juice. And, uh, you know, it's basically, uh, Diluted. So, but the other the other thing we've introduced over the years is salt brine, which is basically a 23% mixture of salt and water, and it, it's it's also very effective, and it makes it actually activates the salt to work faster. So, salt brine is really our go-to, and when we have extremely cold temperatures, uh, that's when we we bring out the beet juice, and that allows the salt to remain effective below you know, when it's negative 15, 20 below. So um, it's, it's very effective in, in cold weather events. Uh, Professor Mitchell, I've always had this curiosity about beet juice. Is, is it actually red or do, do you do something to it to take the color out? No, it's red as far as I know. Is it not, Councillor Robinson? Yes, it, it is actually red, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't stain things red? No, because it's a, it, is a, it is a mixture. Um, they mix it with uh, other solutions and with, with uh, the water and brine and salt. So it's, uh, it is a bit red, but it's, um, it dissipates. So it's, it's, not, uh, it's not an issue at all, and it's very effective. Uh, Professor Mitchell, what are some of the uh, alternatives, and, and how do you, would you characterize the damage that, that I guess we're all contributing to? Um, I mean, I think you've mentioned the vast majority of alternatives. I mean, they, you know, we've had even things as sand and, and gravel for a long time. That has its ups and downs. I mean, it doesn't really melt as much. It's more of traction, and it can get, it can stuff up our rivers and our pipes um, pretty badly as well. Um, even some of the alternatives that are more expensive, um, you know, they have certain things that are, that are less innocuous to plants, you know, calcium's less innocuous than sodium, but at the same time, there's still a lot of chloride in there, and there are going to be impacts if we, can, if we just did a massive change over to some of these alternatives. I'm really on board uh, with what Councillor Robinson's already said, which is um, really the key to reducing the impacts here is, is not so much, I, I mean, partly the alternatives where they're coming to good use, like beet juice, which will, will, will help ice melt down down at lower temperatures, um, but to simply use much less salt, um, you know, it goes toward to, to think about educating the public about where or not we need to be adding salt to absolutely every surface that has ice in it in the city um, and under all circumstances, uh, including private and public uh, spaces. Now, I uh, think you've, you've done some work uh, about uh, some of this getting into the water supply, correct? Not, not so much, I mean, not so much the drinking water supply. I mean, it, certainly it will a- accumulate at some point in the lakes. Uh, 
I mean, we're lucky enough to have Lake Ontario beside us, and, and that's our main source for drinking water. It's a huge body of water able to really dilute this. But we, we can, for the rivers that are emptying into Lake Ontario, um, the concentrations that we tend to see, especially during the intermittent periods where some of the snow might melt in these short-term warm-ups in the middle of winter, are enormous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, high enough that, um, you know, luckily in the winter, there's not a lot of biological activity going on and there's, there's less organisms to be affected, but it really is accumulating in our groundwater systems. It's accumulating in the rivers. It's accumulating in the lakes. We're just lucky enough not to be able to measure it very easily. And uh, it's not really affecting the taste of our water, for example, because of Lake Ontario being so large. But we are seeing levels high enough um, because of its accumulation in groundwater that it then seeps out during the summertime. And we have many rivers in the Toronto area uh, that have chloride concentrations above the numbers that we would expect to be harmful to those ecosystems and uh, the exact opposite season to when we're adding it. Wow. So, um, uh, Councillor Robinson, uh, is the city government aware of that? Well, uh, yes, because of Carl's work partially. I mean, I, I was reading uh, some of the articles re- recently that have been popping up in the media, and, um, and that's partially why, you know, just seeing the, the usage by some of these corporations and businesses who I don't think are. So as I talked about earlier, we're doing our, our utmost to dilute it. Um, and actually, the interesting thing is, Libby, that when you add liquid to salt, it actually makes it a bit, bit more of an oatmeal consistency, which actually reduces the amount of bounce and scatter. So you're using the salt more effectively. So it's actually a good thing to add the liquid and make it a salt brine. But the other thing we're doing, Libby, is our salt spreading trucks, uh, we now have computerized controllers to monitor the salt distribution on roads. So we're taking measures. We're using technology now to aid us in trying to prevent damage to the ecosystem, use what we need to, ha- you know, to make sure that the city is safe and people, pedestrians and motorists can navigate the city safely, but not overuse it and really focus on these electronic spreader control units that really are state-of-the-art equipment. And we're, I think, Toronto, we're leaders in this, but I think we can always do better. Okay, and just finally, very quickly, before we go, uh, Professor Mitchell, just a quick advice for people at home who might want to try to reduce their salt use? Um, keep in mind that when it gets really, really cold, that your run-of-the-mill road salt does not work very effectively at all. And by really, really cold, I mean temperatures less than about minus 7 to minus 10 degrees Celsius. And so... Um, adding uh, most types of uh, salt uh, to walkways during those times is not going to be as effective. Um, consider just uh, driving more slowly, not adding, ne- you don't need to add nearly as much as seems to be added um, onto walkways, onto parking lots as seems to be happening. The biggest, most easy, straightforward solution to this is to add less. It is very difficult for it to be removed from the environment by anything but dilution. Um, And so the real solution here is to actually stop it at its source as best we can. Okay, thank you both, Professor Carl Mitchell and Jay Robinson. Thank you, Libby. Okay, bye-bye. All right, uh, we're taking another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about another road-related issue for a lot of people. That's congestion. Did you know it is costing you money? That's all of us, and uh, it comes to about 125 bucks a year. We'll be on that when we return.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.